hello. It could barely be a more exciting week. The lead up to the new EFL season and this podcast is the first NTT20 betting show of the season. The title of this season's betting show, for me, George, anyway, is called Searching for the Next Jake Cooper. Because boy, did we finish the season on a high after some goal-scoring delights uh, and some some half-decent picks towards the back end of last season. So hopefully hitting the ground running here. Um, Something a little different for this podcast is, George, the introduction, drumroll please, of a new sponsor for this preview show and for the first few weeks of the season. Welcome aboard SpreadX. Yeah, I've been a a SpreadX punter for a few years now. Um, it is it offers both spread betting and a fixed odd service, and they're going to be sponsoring us for the next three episodes. So one today, which is kind of a pre-season episode with a look at the end at a couple of games this weekend. And then next week and the week after will be proper betting shows as of old, looking through the weekend fixtures, giving fixed odds bets for the weekend. But today we're going to be talking about spreads and I am a spread better. I understand that people listening may not understand it. I think even if you're not necessarily a gambler, I think spread betting and the, the spreads that you get in the markets you get are probably more interesting. Like the narrative that it builds are more interesting anyway, so it should make for a good podcast. Um, but to try and explain it, I'm just going to use the market we're going to be talking about first. Very sorry for listening to this and you already know what spread betting is. You can probably scrub about a minute now. Um, but championship points is what we're going to be talking about. And that means that spread X are priced up every single team in the championship with a sell price and a buy price for the amount of points they're going to get in the upcoming season. Let's take Wickham because they are the lowest team, so it's easier to work out with small numbers, I always think. Apologies to Wickham fans. The sell price is 43. The buy price is 45. So you can buy Wickham's points this season at 45 and your stake is every single point they get above that you win and every single point below that you lose. So if you were to buy Wickham points for £1 at 45 and they were to get 50, you'd win a fiver. Lovely. If they were to get 40, you'd lose a fiver. Shocker. Now, obviously, this is a little bit different to fixed odds betting because it means that you can lose vastly more than the amount you are staking. That's the key thing. The amount you stake is not the amount you're betting, okay? You can obviously, like any other bet, you can cash out in running, as the season progresses, the, the lines will change and you can effectively close. So if you buy a, a team's points, you can then close by selling at the newest sell price. There's always a spread between the buy price and the sell price. So you're never buying or selling at the same line. I hope that makes sense. Um, the key thing, as I said, to remember is you can lose more than your stake. So you're not limiting yourself and therefore it is wise to be a bit wary in terms of your stakes, especially when you're starting out. If you sign up to the SpreadX site, there are lots of tutorials and stuff explaining to you how spread how spread betting works. And as I mentioned, they do points, they do you know uh, player goals over the season that we're going to talk about. They have so many markets that are really a really interesting way to bet on football and, and a very fun way to do so as well. And they've very kindly given us a a, a link um, www.spreadx.com forward slash ntt20. Very easy to remember. If you sign up through that link, you get a free season point spread bet after you've placed three. So we're going to give you a few that we fancy. If you place three of them, then you get a fourth for free. I hope that made sense. Mm -hmm. It's hard to explain, but fingers crossed, it becomes easier as we talk about it. 
And as I say, it's a little bit more, you know, if you're listening to this because you're interested in what we think, but you're not necessarily listening because you want to place fixed odds bets, I think these point spreads and the goal spreads and stuff are just an interesting way to talk about the, the EFL anyway. Just to reinforce what you said uh, about the risks attached uh, and just a reminder to everyone listening, uh, no matter whether you're playing the spreads or fixed odds prices, do not bet more than you can afford to lose. Uh, There are risks around gambling and begambleaware.org is the place to go uh, if you would like to learn more about what they are exactly. But George, let's let's get cracking, shall we? Uh, The championship points spreads, what stands out to you? Yeah, I mean, there's a few ways. Before I get into my first bet, I think it's worth just a bit of kind of betting theory with spread betting. I think there are some bets that you want to have fixed odds betting, and there are some bets which are better for spreads. And for spreads, you want to avoid things that are high variance, basically. Like, I would never have bought, for example, Leeds' points in the last couple of seasons, even though I knew that they were the kind of best team in the league, and I thought so. There was always that nagging doubt in the back of your head that maybe you know Bielsa could storm out in a rage, this whole idea about um, fatigue and playing and they could fall apart. Um, and so therefore you want to go for teams who are effectively fairly solid with an idea of why you think that they are going to get more or less. And this is in the championship points market. And I, my first one is buying Swansea points at 67.5. Last season, they got 70 points, which was... A, an improvement on a Graham Potter season under Steve Cooper that we didn't necessarily foresee. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they are going to you know, continue uh, on last season and get, seven, and get 70 points again, you're making two and a half points profit. I don't see any particular reason given the way that they have built their squad for this coming season why they should drop off. The players that they were worried about losing um, permanently, uh, Joe Rodon being one of them, Matt Grimes probably another one, are still currently at the squad. Andre Ayew is still um, going to be leading the line, a player who I think we both know is, is too good for this level. In terms of recruitment, they've managed to keep Gwehi and Woodman both on loan again, uh, which provides that continu- continuity at the back. And you can also expect there to be some improvement there. Two guys, very talented players who are improving and who are you know building towards being Premier League players. Conor Gallagher is I guess a bit of a loss but at the same time he didn't really fire coming into them he wasn't necessarily as I think his role at Charlton suited him better where he was clearly the main dominant attacking force from midfield that wasn't the case necessarily at Swansea although he is a loss but Morgan Gibbs-White comes in and with similar similar or even better calibre and potential and if that goes right you could that could see them really kicking on and now, Steve Cooper did, did an interview this this week uh, I can't remember who it was with just saying you know last season was was basically us finding our feet in this division and we are a young side and we're improving we're progressing and it's hard to really argue with that um they don't strike me you know given what they did under potter the season before there's there seems no reason to me why there should necessarily be a drop-off you look at the teams who are behind them i mean i'll, I'll run through the market quickly down to swansea brentford is 78.5 to sell 80.5 to buy watford and norwich both 75 77 so spread x have brentford as the kind of three and a half point favourites, which is quite something. Stoke, 68.5, 70.5. Bournemouth, 68, 70. Cardiff, 67, 69. Nottingham Forest, 65, 67.5. So the same as Swansea. We had Swansea fourth in our 1 to 24s, ahead of you know all of those teams up to Norwich. And for that reason, I think they are a little bit undervalued. And I've had this bet myself, um, as should be the case when you're tipping stuff up. But um, yeah, buying Swansea at 67.5 is my first Spread X championship points trade. I'm actually going to buy 
Luton points Ooh. here. Uh, Luton are priced up here as the second worst team in the division. Uh, you can sell their points at 51.5 or you can buy their points at 53.5. Luton finished 19th last season with 51 points from 46 games. Um, they picked up a solid amount of points after lockdown thanks to the appointment of Nathan Jones. So if I'm buying Luton's points at 53.5, this basically means that I'm confident that if their line is 53 and a half and they got 51 points last season, I'm very confident that they will be two and a half points better off this season than they were last season. And I personally don't think that Luton are going to be relegated this season and I think they can avoid um, a, a particularly ugly relegation battle. So um, this is a, again, uh, a backing of Nathan Jones, which last year with Stoke clearly didn't work so well. Um, every time we backed Nathan Jones as a Luton manager, we tended to be rewarded. So um, certainly from a recruitment perspective, I'm pretty happy with the work that they've done. And genuinely, a big part of this is one of the reasons that they struggled so much last season was how badly Simon Sluger took to life in the championship. And there aren't many other positions where you can literally say that player cost them X points. After Sluger was dropped for about 10 games or so, when he came back into the side, he actually projected as one of the best goalkeepers in the league. I think his sort of period of adaptation is over. And I think that actually this is quite a good goalkeeper. So instead of him being a burden for this side, I think he's actually a, a, um, a sort of strong performer and someone that I back to do really well for Luton this year. So yeah, I'm buying Luton's points at 53.5. So I certainly think they'll be two and a half points better than last season with a full season of Nathan Jones and a core of players that absolutely love playing with him. Uh, and hopefully once they hit that point nice and early, uh, I'll be pretty excited about what they could do from there. So that's my points spread pick George what about you I've got a couple more yeah a couple nice. more in the championship I thought you might yeah these are sells these are sells so this means I'm getting against these sides I'm selling their points at the sell price so the two I'm going to be selling um, are Middlesbrough uh, whose price is 65 67 so I'm selling at 65 and Huddersfield at 56 58 selling at 56 nice again with the sells you basically want to find in my head anyway, a team that has kind of big upside in terms of downside, if that makes sense. <laughs> a team who you could quite clearly see as getting kind of well under um, where they are for, for, for kind of a team that you could tangible see just reasons. Blowing up, basically. Yeah, and, and with Borough, I'm very surprised to see them half a point below Swansea, mm. given that there were... Um, I mean, Middlesbrough ended the last season on 53 points. Swansea ended it on 70 points. There's a 17-point gap to bridge there. Um, Middlesbrough, as I say, 53 points. So you are selling at 12 points higher than they got last season. And the key reason for this... Well, there are two key reasons. One key reason is the fact that they were very, very poor last season under Jonathan Woodgate. Um, and as soon as Woodgate left, they were better under Neil Warnock. And there's a, there's a big narrative that surrounds Neil Warnock. And, you know, I buy into that to an extent. I think he's a far, far better manager and a decent appointment. And I mean, it was actually a very, very good appointment in order to steer them clear of relegation. Coming into this season, I think there are quite a few reasons why they may not do a Cardiff. Um, firstly, I think Woodgate did a lot of damage there. And the squad looks very, very thin. Um, 
the, the supposed quality players in the squad, I'm not sure are, partic- are of a particular quality, mm-hmm. maybe barring Britta Sombolonga, who on his day definitely can be that. Um, they have not necessarily the squad of players suited to play Warnock style of football. They're having to promote a lot of players from the youth system, which the, so far has, has kind of done them quite well with Coulson, Spence and Tavernier, who we can expect to kick on again. Um they have lost players. You know, Makudi was a player who came in to shore up the back line at centre-back, who's now moved on. Um, there, there just doesn't seem to be any kind of improvement in terms of the squad. The reason why I like it as a point sell is that I would be a, you know, if there was a, a market around to whether or not Neil Warnock will be manager of Middlesbrough at the end of this season, I'd be a backer of no. I, I just think that he's, he was brought in to do a job. He got the He got this job on the back of being successful in keeping Borough up. But he doesn't need this. We, we saw last season at Cardiff, he basically wasn't really up for the fight. When when they weren't battling at the top end of the table, I think he just looked at his position, what they were doing, and just thought, you know what, I'm just going to move on from this now. At his age and with his experience, he is not a firefighter necessarily, but he is a project, a short-term project manager. He's someone you bring in to achieve an immediate impact and get what you need out of the side. So unless Middlesbrough... I reckon even basically if Middlesbrough are on course for a 65-point finish, which would have them basically bang mid-table, yeah. I think we're pretty likely to see him move on. Mm. And there's no guarantee that that, you know, that would be necessarily a good thing for Borough either. So um, I think there's a big upside here, possibly. I wouldn't be a massive surprise to me if Borough are, are, are kind of about where they were last season again. Um, the next team that, you, that you've got here is... This is the team who we predicted pretty bad things for in our 1-24 to predictions. And instead of being angry about it, most of their fans went, yeah, fair enough. We think we're going to be rubbish as well. Yeah, this is Huddersfield and Corboran, um, really, which is no slight against him. But it just, it kind of reminds me a little bit, this is selling Huddersfield at 56. It reminds me a bit of Borough last season, where they've taken a manager in Danny Cowley, who was getting... Um, a tune out of a squad and was improving things and maybe the football wasn't exactly what they wanted and the owner has seemingly just decided that he wants to employ a manager with no managerial experience and play a completely different style of football without really doing anything to to help to help it at all um, and we know how that goes. Corboran has some credit in the bank because of the word Bielsa but if we just take Bielsa away from this story if we just remove his name from the Huddersfield narrative then suddenly they've got a guy who has no managerial experience, kind of limited senior first-team coaching experience as well, coming into a job. Any ideas that they were going to profit from Bielsa and, and kind of the loan market haven't really come to fruition yet. They are seemingly going to lose Carl and Grant, even if they're playing hardball at the moment with, with West Brom. It's very hard to see him there next season. I think they are clearly one of the sides who are the most likely to be in the relegation mix. They got 51 points last season. So again, you're selling at five points higher than they got. And they are currently in that point spread list. They're ahead of Birmingham, Coventry, QPR, Reading, Rotherham, Luton and Wickham. Not for me. I mean, sure, they should be higher than a couple of them, but I'm not having them kind of in that area around about Bristol City and Sheffield Wednesday. Um, So... Again, it's, it's one with a big upside. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they were one of the proper strugglers in the league. And you look at Wickham, who are expected to finish bottom at 43.55. If they are going to come bottom or second bottom, they might not be far away from that area. So Huddersfield sell at 56. Again, just to reiterate in case this is all confusing, the jargon, that means if you sell at 56 and for 
let's say five pound a point this time and they get 50 points you make 30 pounds if you sell at 56 and they have an incredible season and get 76 points so a 20 point loss then you would lose 100 pounds so just remember that when we're talking about this I think you've explained it very well throughout, Thank George. You. I think there can be no some, no questions uh, about both the risks and the upside of uh, of buying points or selling points on the spreads. Uh, we're going to move to goals in a second, but just a reminder that uh, the four that we've talked about so far, buying Swansea at 67.5, buying Luton at 53.5, selling Middlesbrough at 65 and selling Huddersfield at 56. Uh, as mentioned at the top of the show, SpreadX have a, an offer now where if you sign up to a SpreadX account and you want to check some of these out, if you head to spreadx.com forward slash NTT20 and you place three bets on the point spreads, you will get your fourth bet free. Terms and conditions do apply and you'll find them when you go to spreadx.com forward slash NTT20. Now for a really exciting part of the show, in my eyes anyway, because it's my strongest selection and it's nice to support players and goal scorers <laughs> so uh, SpreadX have a market for player goals as well in the championship George is there anything that different on buying and selling a player goals it's exactly the same so rather than points it's goals um, every player um, I think because we're not going to be talking about him I'll just lead with the with the one at the top of the market which is Ivan Tony. Um, he is the he's got the highest goal spread um, him his, and Pookie him and Timu Puki, hit well. Both their goal spread is seventeen, eighteen and a half. So again, if you're buying at eighteen and a half, uh, we've got a half point here. So that is new. That's quite mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. Um, if you bought at eighteen and a half for a fiver and he got twenty, then it's one point five times five, which is seven pounds fifty. Yes. And if he gets sixteen, you would lose seven pounds fifty. Spot on. Well done. They have to appear in ten games in the season. If they, if they appear in nine, your bet is void. As soon as they appear in 10 games, even if they're just 10 one-minute substitutions, they count. Okay, let me get my teeth into something here because I'm very excited to buy Dominic Solanke's goals at 12 and a half. If you think Solanke is a flop, you can sell them at 11, but I do not think that. I'll be buying them at 12 and a half because Solanke is going to be Bournemouth's number one front man. Uh, he played a lot in the Premier League last season, of course, but with Callum Wilson out the door, with Joshua King clearly on his way out or sort of checked out at least, doesn't seem to have any interest in playing for Bournemouth this season. Uh, they are left currently with Solanke and Sam Surridge, who I'm sure will, will provide some competition. But from what I can see, Solanke is going to be Bournemouth's number one frontman, even if it was reported that they had a bid rejected for Ipswich's Caden Jackson this week. I would be confident in Solanke to fight off the competition of Caden Jackson if Jackson did join. Um, I think this is Solanke's breakout season and I'm glad to be ahead of it if that's going to be the case. Uh, this is a player I think that's been judged way before he should have been judged, both on and off the pitch. Uh, off the pitch, I'll deal with first. There's a there's a there's an idea that Solanke is greedy. There have been judgments on his character uh, that have been made based on some hearsay, some false reporting. The Telegraph, for example, uh, actually had to publish an apology back in 2017. Uh, as always, their pro- their initial report was probably taken as gospel by many who probably didn't see the apology, but they had to apologise for reporting 
or alleging that Solanke was demanding 50 grand a week from Chelsea Football Club. They wrote that we understand no such financial demands have been made by Mr. Solanke and we're happy to make this clear. So I think that's worth flagging up because a lot of people feel negatively about this player, um, unfairly, I think, on the field. Uh, I think he's been judged a little bit based on not making a huge impact off the bench for Liverpool Football Club as a 20-year-old in limited uh, starts, mostly sub-appearances. And then, of course, for that long goal drought playing up top for Bournemouth last season, where it was pretty clear that he was lacking a lot of confidence. I've been back and watched all of his clips, basically, every shot he's taken the last two years. And it's clear that he gets into pretty good areas. He is physical and he's got good movement and sometimes he snatches at his shots but I believe that the confidence can come flowing back also we judge him forgetting that he's 22 years old he'll turn 23 next week most 22 year old strikers aren't playing senior football I was having a look in the Premier League last season only three strikers under 23 played more than a thousand minutes that's not even a particularly high threshold that was Connolly who just made it playing for Brighton Solanke played 1200 minutes and Tammy Abraham played 2000 minutes in the championship there were only three strikers under 23 that played more than a thousand minutes that was Brown of Barnsley Brewster uh, and Carlin Grant in League One again three only Force Ennis and Humphreys and in League Two there were five uh, Sam Smith for Cambridge Stevens for Forest Green Abrahams for Newport uh, Thomas Asante at Salford and Adebayo at Walsall. So again, you're looking at a guy who's being judged even where most people his age wouldn't even be playing senior football. I think that Solanke, who is, let's not forget, a full England international, who was part of the same year group as many other strikers and outscored many of them uh, at youth level, uh, specifically Mr. Tammy Abraham. And yeah, just... If he's going to be Bournemouth's main striker this season, I believe if he plays, let's say, more than 35 goals, that I think he will get over the 11-goal mark pretty comfortably. Um, 23 players in the Championship last season scored more than 11 goals. Uh, 11 players scored more than 15 goals. I think Solanke will be in the top 10 of the scoring charts at the very least. And that's why I'm very excited and happy to be buying his goals at 12 and a half. I'm pretty excited, basically, to spend the season sort of joined at the hip with Dom Solanke. Uh, you've got some goals to buy and some goals to sell. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm going to be buying a player that I said in our preview um, that wasn't a goal scorer. <laughs> I'm buying Kiefer Moore at 11. Um, he's been brought into Cardiff. Um, and I think there is it's important with this stuff to kind of remember that his profile in Wales is is kind of different to his profile in in England. You know, he's he's Wales' number one striker going to play at arguably the biggest club in Wales. So um, he's been brought in to lead the line for Cardiff this season, and um, his his you know to buy at eleven. He got ten last season for Wigan. He's not necessarily, in my view, somebody who I mean, he oh, he's, he's been prolific in the past at um, at League One level, but you just feel like given the minutes he's going to get if he stays fit, it's very hard to see a downside in terms of that of 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 that eleven goals. Yeah, um, playing for a Neil Harris side, it's basically built around him. He will be expected to do a lot of the physical work up top as well. It all works very well, doesn't this? Wales is number nine, yeah. moving to Cardiff, and, and that is something. Finally, I mean, being part of of probably a top half Championship team for the first time, finds a home. Scores a ton of goals. That's what you're hoping now, for. People will scoff at that, but I think there is there is weight in it. I think he's more likely to start up front for 
you know, for Cardiff uh, than he would be necessarily if it was Forrest or Millwall or mm. someone because of that, you know, the, the Cardiff fans are very excited to have the bloke who plays up front for their country playing yeah. for them. Um, and at 11, it just seems like very little downside. I mean, I can understand why, unlike the other ones, I can understand why the line is there. Yeah. But I do think there's there's big upside given how much he's going to play. We're going to have to have a Solanke more Match side bet, bet aren't mm, we? Yeah, but I quite like your Solanke one as well, though. So you don't um, want to take me on with I don't that. think so. Okay. I mean, there are loads. Of, I'm just going to read out a few other ones before before I get on to, to a sell quickly. Um, interesting, like you've got Graben at 15 and a half to, to sell, uh, 17 to buy, whilst uh, Lyle Taylor... Um, who is 9.5 to sell, 10.5 to buy. So quite an interesting discrepancy there between the two forest strikers. Uh, Andre Ayew, 13.5, 15 to buy. Brits on Belonga, 13, 14.5 to buy. Corley Woodrow, 12.5, 14, which given that he hasn't scored in the league for uh, I think about 11 or 12 games, playing a more withdrawn role could be an interesting sell at 12.5. But then you do risk obviously him playing up top and that, and that changing very quickly. Matt Godden, 10.5, 12. Um, you'd think Tyler Walker's probably going to play more than Gordon, so that sell at 10.5 could be interesting too. But the one that I like is right at the bottom of the list, and I can understand why they priced him up, but Adebayo Akinfenwa is five to sell and six to buy. Listener, what do you think I'm doing? I think you're going to sell. I'm going to sell. Akinfenwa I'm going to sell. Goals. I mean, I love I love Bayo. Um, we've had a great time with him on the sofa um, he's a great man uh, at Sky, I should say, rather than just my sofa. Rather than just your sofa, we yeah. had a good time with him at Sky. He's a really good lad, and he's been great with us. And it just seems like this is a little bit high. His first shot at the championship, such a long and impressive career. It's well, his but, first go at the championship. Mean, as I mentioned, you have to play ten times. If I can, then starts if the line was five six. I think that'll probably be about right. He's not going to start many games. Um, Samuel started on the weekend. They, they brought they brought in Ikpezu from um, Scotland, who you think is going to definitely slot in above Akinfenwa in the pecking order. They're apparently after another striker as well. It just seems very unlikely to me that he's going to... Are you worried about him having scored 10 in 32 in League One last season? No, not really. Um, he will, I think, get to 10 appearances um, by the nature of him coming off the bench in a, quite a few games. He is not going to be starting many games at all. I don't, you know, Wickham this season are only in for about 40 goals in total. If he gets if he gets six or seven goals, that's one or two point loss and I'll be very surprised and totally fair play to him. Um, I think his goal line should be about two, three, personally. So, okay. set, so selling at five for, yeah, I mean, that, that's probably my favourite bet of the lot. They have got a fixed odds championship winner market. Is there anything that stood out for you there? Yeah, I like Watford. Um, I wouldn't want to buy their points from the spreads because there's every chance they could be a, a Premier League relegated blow-up side. Um, but th- 13 to 2 each way. I, I'm basically pretty negative on, on Brentford. Um, I'm not going to sell their points because there's every chance that they could do what they did last season and be a very good side again. But I think the combination of leaving Griffin Park, losing Ollie Watkins, going to lose side Ben Rama without the quality that I think they need to step into those roles. Um, yeah, I'm not positive on, on Brentford at all. Um, and that opens up that market quite nicely. Between Norwich and Watford, I'm still just with Watford, so long as they've got the squad that they've got at the moment. Um, anybody who, who hasn't listened to our 1-24s, to I'm not going to bore you, those who have, again, by talking about it, but go and have a listen, because their squad right now is absolutely absurd. Um, and at 13-2, to two, if it does click, this is one of those where they're playing on Friday night against Borough. If they play really well <laughs> and beat them comfortably, that 13-2 to two is going to go very, very quickly. In the same way that last season Leeds were five to one before the season started, after two games they were short. 
Um, I feel like this could be a similar story where if there is evidence that, that Vladimir or Vlad Ivic is doing good things and that the players who we expected to leave, the likes of Saar, the likes of Delefeu and the players who come back in from the loan spell, such as Luis Suarez, if these players are going to be playing and are going to be as good as we think, then they could be far clear. So just moving down to a couple in League One and League Two, uh, I'm going to sell Bristol Rovers points uh, at 56 and a half. Um, there's a there's a nagging feeling, not a nagging feeling, that, that there's just a feeling that I have that if Ben Garner isn't suited to management and I wouldn't judge him too much based on uh, a portion of a season, three months or so, last season which was a, a small sample size but is still untested manager if he ends up being unsuited to football management I think there's a good chance that Bristol Rovers could have a really tough time this season we spoke on the 1-24s to about how they are one of a couple of big rebuilds and resets and how in many ways their transfer business this summer would excite me if I was a fan uh, and all the noises about you know improved playing style uh, and the way that the club's moving forward would genuinely excite me I guess one thing I'm concerned about is for this bet is do they have a little bit of a ceiling this season I don't think they are going to be a top half side partly because it's a stacked league league one this year there are so many teams even outside of the the ones who are sort of right at the top of the spreads who I think I'm just really confident will be better uh, than Bristol Rovers so if I don't think that the upside, even if Garner is a good manager and even if they they sort of click and gel quickly, if I don't think that the upside is much higher than, than mid-table, I'm very keen to sell at 56.5 because the potential downside, and as I say, the potential for them to be pretty bad. I mean, their defensive numbers were miserable. I understand that it's a new squad and a, and a season of transition. That doesn't always translate over two seasons. But let's say that they struggle to to tighten up defensively. As we record, their options in the final third, I think, is, is a big weakness of theirs. I know that they'll be in the market for a striker and things might change. But I'm just a little concerned for Bristol Rovers with four relegation spots as well. Um, I'm a bit concerned for them. I'll be selling them at 56 and a half. And it looks like you might be buying the other team that's had a reset. Shock. Yeah, I'm buying Michael Appleton's Lincoln at, uh, at 64. It's a fair jump from last season. Um, if you take their points per game and average it out over the season, they've got 55.2. So it's you know a nearly nine-point jump. But this is, as you say, a totally different club. Um, having seen Appleton's work first-hand at Oxford, I have absolutely no doubt that with a completely new team built um, in the style of play that he wants and looking at the players he's brought in on paper, um, this it looks like a far, far stronger squad for, for what he wants to do. You know, last season, I think we both spoke about it. It kind of felt like he was just basically coasting. It felt like if you look at Football Manager, it felt like he had basically gone on holiday till the end of the season, <laughs> taken over the job, just get through the season, don't flirt with relegation, just get through it. And then he spoke to us about how they used the, the COVID time, the break in football. It kind of felt like the day that football stopped, that's when the job started. And they worked very hard to get the recruitment right and get the players in that they wanted. He said to us that he reckons they're still a season away from really challenging at the top end of the table. And I guess six, 64 to buy echoes that. Um, but I, I wouldn't, you know, if, there's a, if there is a dark horse, I think that it could be them. And I wouldn't be overly surprised if they are competing with the likes of the teams that are kind of seven or eight points above them. Ipswich, Fleetwood, Hull, that, that kind of area. So a buy at 64 is, is my Lincoln play. In League Two, we're both quite keen to get against Southend. We, we explained it 
a lot in our 1 to 24s. So given that that's the first team we talk about on our League 2 1 to 24s, maybe it's worth going to listen to that for for a longer longer explanation. But George, you're you're very happy to be selling their points at 50. Yeah, um it's it's quite a difficult one this because in the fixed odds market they're not right down the bottom but in the league two spread x market they are bottom and you might think that'd be prohibitive but at the same time 50 would still see them kind of pretty much staying up probably if if they were to get that yeah that's normally about the threshold yeah so i think we are both concerned that they could be very very bad um you know whipping boys bad well, last season, the bottom, we'll, given, given we'll the be in the players. league above, 19 points from 35 yeah. games. I mean, given... And they don't appear to have strengthened their squad, which finished last season as a large portion of youth team players, well, youth team graduates, I should say, um, and a new manager as well. And a new manager, Mark Bosley, who we don't know about. We've seen loads of teams going down from League One into League Two and struggling again. Look at Scunthorpe last season. Look at Chesterfield a couple of years ago as well. Um you know, this, it feels, it's one of those bets that feels a bit grim because you are selling, <laughs> SpreadX have obviously got the same view as us in terms of Scunth- uh, Sorry, in terms of Southend this season. But I still think there's enough upside selling at 50 in case the wheels do really fall off. They've got so many young players, an unproven manager, basically very little proven EFL quality whatsoever. Um, that If things are as bad as, as you think they are, it could unravel very quickly. Similarly, if they make a half-decent start to the season, say they beat Harrogate on Saturday and look half-competent, then you're probably going to be able to close out of your bet after a couple of weeks if you want to for not a massive loss. Um, so it's not the case, you know, if, if South End end up with 67 points or something, you, you know, you will be able to see that happening and you'll be able to, to take a view appropriately. Interestingly, looking at uh, the last few League Two seasons that went through to 46 games, 50 points in 2018-19 would have had you 19th with five teams below 50 points. Uh, in 17-18, there were six teams below 50 points. Uh, and in 16-17, there were three teams below 50 points and two teams on exactly 50. So that's probably quite positive news for, for, for this selection. Uh, and then just looking ahead to the weekend... Um, I think second weekend of the EFL is normally our favourite punting weekend, isn't it? I love the first one too, but yeah, yeah. We love the first one, so we did want to uh, go through a couple of uh, <laughs> a couple of normal selection, a couple of naps ahead of first weekend. Um, George, they have got fixed odds prices on SpreadX, so for many of you that will feel more normal. And for regular listeners of the show who know that I have a bit of a soft spot for uh, Port Vale, Maybe not a surprise uh, to hear that they are my nap ahead of this weekend. They're playing at home to Crawley Town and it feels good from from both angles, I suppose, is the right way of, of putting it. Um, firstly, let's talk about how miserable John Yems is at the moment. Um, I, there's a part of me that doesn't want to overreact to a viral clip and I must admit <laughs> it was confusing to see Gab Marcotti commenting on something that John Yems had said. The funny thing is it was literally Yems uncut. It was yeah. Yem's uncut. Absolutely <laughs> astonishing. I'm sure many of you would have seen the clip. Uh, I I mean, I don't know exactly what the issue is. Um, it's it's difficult to... Well, it's not that difficult to guess. Uh, his team had played very, very poorly. His team had finished season the, the last season in quite a positive manner um, and have since sold certainly their three best 
final third players or middle to final third players in Panuche Camara, uh, in Bezla Bala and in Oli Palmer. And I dare say that Yemsi doesn't necessarily feel like he's heading into the start of the campaign um, with a particularly good foundation to succeed. It's almost the opposite for Port Vale, who have maintained the whole of a team that were one point outside of the playoffs and in good form when football finished. It, it would be a very unusual scenario for Vale to be significantly worse this season with the same manager, the same good vibes off the field, the same squad with a few additions on top of it, such as Theo Robinson, who we like a lot, uh, and, and and a few others. Um, they're so good defensively and, and, and holding on to Nathan Smith and his partnership with Leon Legg makes me confident that they will be very good defensively again this year. Um, you know, at 10 to 11, a home game against a Crawley side that I think turn up in a, a somewhat a state of disarray. Uh, that's certainly my nap ahead of the first weekend. And you, George? Yeah, I'm going to the championship. <clears throat> Huddersfield, Norwich. Um, Norwich odds against at 11 to 10 with spread X to win this game. Um, I think they are more likely than 50% to win this game. Nice. Uh, I think Huddersfield are in disarray currently. Um, the fans have been told that the signings will be coming, but they're not going to be coming before Saturday. To be clear, I was only laughing there at you using disarray within a minute of me using disarray. Yeah. But I think that probably sums I mean, up... We are in disarray, yeah. It probably sums up how we're approaching this weekend punting-wise. D- this week is, is just disarray for Ali and I, as you can imagine. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Huddersfield, I mean, they're not going to get the players in they need before Saturday. Norwich have a squad of about 40 to choose from. Um, so even though most of them are coming back from international duty, they have just an embarrassment of riches for Daniel Farker to pick his size. Um, I mean, it's not really much else to to really say, except, that, I mean, w- the reason why I like the first day of the season or the second day or whatever to bet on is because you are generally, you know, unlike, for example, horse racing, where you can back a 10 to 1 shot that's going to go off 3 to 1. It very rarely happens in football in the season. You know, things might shorten and, and change based on, um, team news or whatever but the data is there for the bookies and the punters and everyone to see um, unless you're very ahead of the game so you're basically having to work on nows whereas here you do have the opportunity to get ahead by finding areas where the general market has undervalued or overvalued sides and I think Norwich are, are about right but as I've already mentioned Huddersfield I think are, are being given too much respect coupled into the fact that I think the home advantage is probably being given too much respect as well at this stage so this is a game where if this was happening in four weeks' time, I reckon Norwich could well be pff, what, four to six, eight to 11, and you're getting 11 to 10. So and, and lovely off, job. To finish off, to top off the disarray treble, um, we both think that Harrogate Town, two to one to be South End, uh, is, is a pretty tasty price. Harrogate's first ever EFL game, and it's it feels pleasant to be backing them to win it as well. Mm. Um, obviously, mostly this is about the state that South End are in, Currently, uh, I know that they lost their EFL trophy game last night, 3-1 to a West Ham under-21 side. They lost in the EFL Cup first round last week uh, against 10-man Gillingham. They actually lost quite heavily to Concord Rangers in a pre-season game. Uh, it's not like they've used pre-season to get a lot of confidence flowing, shall we say, and uh, score a lot of goals and win a lot of games. So uh, Harrogate, who are almost the opposite, you know, it's only about five weeks ago that they won the National League playoffs. Uh, it's mostly the same side. They play a, a very settled brand of football. They know exactly what they're about and they have a very good idea of how to score goals, keep out goals and win football matches. Um, we don't think that the step up from the National League to 
League Two is is massive, certainly in terms of avoiding the drop. So we expect Harrogate to do that. Uh, and as discussed, we don't think Southend will. So for Harrogate to be two to one, for Southend to be favourites in any football match right now when they haven't been for a long time, I think we're going to make the most of that. So uh, Port Vale, Portsmouth and Harrogate. George, really fun to be back doing the betting show with you. Yeah, it's, it's been great. Um, I just, just want to say one more thing about, um, you know, our partnership with SpreadX before we give the sign up and stuff. Um, obviously, I've been spread betting for a while and understand things. So if you've listened to this and you have any questions, uh, my DMs on Twitter are open at George Ellick and you are very welcome to ask me any questions and I'll try my best to answer them just to make sure that everybody is understanding and is betting responsibly and understands the risks that carry with this. Um, and hopefully have a very enjoyable experience in using it. Your DMs must be a remarkable place at all times. <laughs> um, spreadx.com forward slash NTT20. If you head to that link and you sign up to a SpreadX account because you like the idea of getting involved with some season points spread bets, uh, or even, dare I say it, some goals bets. Uh, if you place three season point spread bets, you will get a fourth season point spread bet for free. If you head to the URL, spreadx.com forward slash NTT20, you'll get all the T's and C's uh, behind that offer. And thank you so much for listening. Um, hopefully, some of these season-long bets will be exciting to, uh, to sort of revisit at different times, um, but also hopeful for our disarray trio. Port Vale to beat Crawley, Norwich to beat Huddersfield and Harrogate to beat Southend. Join us again next week. We're going to have plenty to discuss. We cannot wait for it all to get cracking. Thanks so much for all your support this week and make sure you're subscribed to this pod. We'll talk again soon.